welcome back to Did You Have To, the podcast where two bad bitches talk about anime. And here are your hosts, Kate and Nisha. Yeah! Nisha's quirk, stress ball. By internalizing her stress about the world being in chaos and crime, she converts that stress into a superpower, becoming a badass. Kate's quirk, waifu warrior. By just watching her favorite shows, she can manifest real or fictional characters into the real thing. They come to life and fight by her side. Not every character does it, though. She has to find the individual really hot. Yeah! And I'm Nisha. And today we are going to be going back to our roots and reviewing the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Diamond Unbreakable Chapter 1 live action movie from Viz Media. And we're doing that with the help of a special guest, Sinya. Hi, my name's Sinya, and I love JoJo, and I'm very excited to be here. (laughs) (laughs) We are excited for you to be here because, again, I know very little about JoJo. Kate. You've binged more than I have, but, but still I still don't know what's enough. going on. <laughs> True. So yeah, you yes, are I the just... JoJo expert. Yeah, I've seen all the seasons and I've read all of part one. I've read a decent chunk of part two. I have read most of part four. I haven't touched part three because hardcovers are expensive, but <laughs> I'm getting around to it. <laughs> <laughs> that is right. one of the things. Mangas are an expensive hobby. <laughs> yes yes they are um yeah yeah so we're gonna do uh our segment before we get into a review uh today in weeb uh Mm -hmm. and i want to open it to sinya first since she's our guest so what are you reading in the world of weeb or watching uh what's keeping you weeby Okay, so I actually am planning on reading Attack on Titan because I have a Kindle and most of the series is available with my Kindle Unlimited subscription and I've been really meaning to get back to it. It's just that the uh, climate for giant monsters being holed up in a city has been a little wonky, but that's what I'm going to be reading (laughs) soon. (laughs) <laughs> and um, I will be going back and rereading Tomi by Junji Eo because I just have an itch that I need to scratch. <laughs> but I'm not watching any anime right now because I'm saving myself for our Sunday stream of JoJo Part 5. <laughs> that is a really hefty reading list, honestly. I can't, <laughs> I, uh, reading Attack on Titan scares me because I'm like, <laughs> Oh, one, this is a lot. Two, it's a lot in like 10 different ways, but being yes. a lot. <laughs> a lot. Um, so I'm currently reading, uh, well, I'm reviewing a whole bunch of stuff this month. So I've read all those, but the one that the ones that I'm reading for fun are uh, Happy Marriage from um, Mackie and Joji. I had read the first 20 chapters of it, and then I had stopped, and it's one of my favorite Jose, uh, Jose's out there. Mm. Um, it's, like, typical standard Jose. Like, the girl was working, the guy is the president of a company, they meet, <laughs> he tells her not to work there, and he she becomes a secretary, boss, employee stuff. Yeah, no, rich guy, poor girl. 
Um, but it's really, really, it's really fun. It's really warm. Um, and then in anime, I watched all of season two of High Score Girl, and I really, really, really recommend High Score Girl. It's a essentially a love letter to 90s arcades and to like the connections that you form in them. It's a little, uh, a little, ro it's romancy whilst also giving like a really detailed history of fighting games in the arcade world uh the animation is takes a little bit to get used to it's a hybrid of using 2d and 3d but it's really fun if you're a gamer you'll like it if you just like cute things you'll like it um but i think it's really it really nails humor on the head too nice what about I think I'm, you? uh for me so i've been reading a lot of demon slayer um just because I'm going to, that's a, a, that's a manga review I'll have out for the website soon, but also because I've, I've been meaning to just like catch up and do a deep dive. So I figured, Ooh, this is a perfect opportunity for me to like pick up where I left off. And I forget that in Demon Slayer, you should never get attached to anybody at all because death is everywhere. And I just, I just read the chapter. I'm like, why did he die? Why did this have to happen? And I'm just kind of like frustrated at myself. I'm like, you knew this was going to happen. Like, I've been warned by people just not to get close to people, but I'm just like, damn it. So I just, that, and it's just so good. Like if y'all haven't, for people who haven't like watched Demon Slayer anime or like read the manga, I just, I recommend both of them. Cause like reading the manga made me go back and start over watching the anime. So just Demon Slayer is what I am recommending for today in Weeb. I need to get on Demon Slayer like real bad. Real, mm -hmm. real, real, real bad. I've actually keep getting people asking me if I'm gonna read it or watch it, and I, I don't. I, I'm kind of scared to fall into another rabbit hole. I guess. Yep. I mean, <laughs> I feel like that's a conversation. I mean, I don't know if it's worthy of being an episode, but maybe that's just a conversation we have to have one day about entertainment and like as an anime fan and like we have to pick and choose our fandoms sometimes yeah. like i don't have time to like invest in this like for example final fantasy it sounds like it would be my jam but you know what i haven't done played a single game since the demo that pizza <laughs> hut gave me <laughs> and it's because like i was broke i was a poor child <laughs> i couldn't buy a game i lived but, off of those demos from pizza hut didn't we all? The Tony Hawk game, the only yep. level you could play in the warehouse. <laughs> the best soundtrack. But like, anyway, it's just like, I think it's a thing as anime fans that like, we have to pick and choose like our shows and our fandoms to dive into because we know it's a slippery slope of getting sucked in. But hence That's why I'm not that invested in JoJo. <laughs> I watched the first episodes of lots of animes. Like I've watched the first episode of Demon Slayer and I was like, okay, neat. And then I've never watched like the rest of it at all ever again. Right? And I it's do that so with hard. a bunch of stuff. Yeah, it's it's a it's intense. And a lot of it is like there's so much uh what's the word? Uh anime universes are so expansive that yeah. it just like seems like scary sometimes. Right. To, like, oh, get yeah. into it. 100%. Yeah. I mean, and I think like pivoting to our conversation on JoJo, that's how I felt with JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Like one, I was never a huge fan of the, the, the animation really, but it was knowing that JoJo has been going on for so freaking long. Mm-hmm. Since the 80s. And like, really? you know what? 
understanding any of it. So, like, if you had to kind of explain JoJo, um, like, I guess a JoJo's history or or universe, how would you do that, Sinya, as the JoJo queen? Oh, okay. In its plainest form, JoJo is about a family, um, the namesake being the Jo stars, having to deal with, like, supernatural evils that have plagued their bloodline, essentially. Okay. That's and a how, good summary, because I would have never guessed that. <laughs> how many generations does it cover? Like, is is the new jo is, is the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure that, that is currently going on new and different from what happened in the, like, I remember there was, like, a really old anime? Oh, yeah, the OVAs. Yeah, those were, like, testing the waters, and I don't think they really picked up very well. Okay. And then, uh, what's the... David Productions got the rights to do an anime and then it just really started to form and with each season or each part because like Jojo's divided into like part one part two part three it's just it keeps gaining popularity and it's finally like starting to take root but it's like a giant thing in Japan and it's only just getting popular by like part three and then around part four and part five it really became this very giant phenomenon here in like western culture and even then jojo is still one of those animes that's like everyone knows about it but there are so many people that's just like i haven't watched it yet maybe i'll get around to it i don't know it seems weird i don't know i'm scared of it so yeah it's got a really <laughs> interesting fandom <laughs> um i will say because it even has its own tiktok now right Oh, does it? I don't know. That, <laughs> I no, know well, no, no, no. Uh, so TikTok challenge thing, that JoJo pose thing. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because um, Araki is a giant fan of, uh, like, Greek art and fashion. Mm. So a lot of characters, there will be splash pages of them um, doing poses that are reminiscent of, like, Vogue fashion covers or just, you oh. know, uh, marble statues and stuff like that. That's just a really cool dynamic to have in your yeah. anime and in manga. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's so innovative and it's so different. And I think that's why it's so scary to people because they don't know what to do with it because it seems <gasps> obnoxious at the same time as it is cool. <laughs> that's a really good explanation. I think you're right. I mean, I think that yeah. caught why I it took me so long to watch it because I think you're right. It was just like, I didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> right. I mean, like, because you hear so many people, especially on Twitter, there's a lot of JoJo fans there. And I feel like people will always ask me, like, have you watched this? Have you watched JoJo? Do you know yeah. who this is? I'm like, I, I don't know who these people are. I thought JoJo was just one person. But apparently, like you said, like, I had, like, going into, I'm like, who's JoJo? Is it just one JoJo? Is Like, I don't know this stuff. So it's, like, overwhelming to, like, approach it. Because I feel like there's just, like, mm -hmm. so much. So it's easier to just, like, put it off. And then eventually I'll watch it. But then when I did watch it, I'm like, okay, I'm interested. And I got, I mean, I think halfway through the first season. And then I stopped. Not because it's bad. <laughs> it's just, like, I was just like, I got, I, I don't know what else to watch. And I'm going to put this to the side now. And I yeah, will say, part, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, yeah, part one is a lot to deal with. Finger, so hand, finger vampires. <laughs> It's I'm just trying to figure out, yes, I'm trying to figure out what the hell is going on with the vampire mask thing, and <laughs> Dio was annoying. Yeah, Dio's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, I will say though, one of the reasons that I really that I I, I, pick, I started watching JoJo was one because I knew we had to do this live action because it's one of the most recent live actions and it was accessible in the West because it was put out by the amazing Viz Media. Um, which if yep. you don't know, they pretty much do all of the main titles in English for us to consume. Um, main titles being the main anime titles, at, you know, the current ones um, that are big. And because of also just watching Sinya's love for it, honestly, like your love for Jojo <laughs> was like infectious. And I was like, for somebody to be this in love with a thing, I need to see what it's about. Ah, um, oh, that makes me so happy. Right. <laughs> Um, but this is where we go into Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, Diamond is a Breakable, Chapter 1, which we will just talk about as Jojo's Bizarre Adventure or that movie we watched from this point on, because that's a long-ass title. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to um, say Jojo. <laughs> Jojo. And this one is directed by a guy who we've now reviewed two other movies for, Takeshi Mikey. Really? Yeah, so the guy who... Why am I not surprised? (laughs) Right? You can't be surprised. This is totally up his alley. If if this is your first time listening or you haven't listened to those episodes, the other movies that we've done on the podcast from him were Ace Attorney and uh, Yakuza Rising, which was our should-have-been-an-anime movie. Oh, wait, Yakuza Apocalypse. Oh, Yakuza Apocalypse? Okay, Yakuza Apocalypse. There we go. Um... Also, fun fact, Takeshi Miki also did Audition, which is one of the most, it is one of the, the centerpieces of J-Horror, um, and, and is one of the reasons that J-Horror came to the West in a lot of ways. Um, it was one of my first J-Horror movies. So Takeshi Miki has a long history. The man Ooh. has done something like, he does about like, I think it's between two and four films a year since he started. Um, so there's a lot of hit or misses. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so this is distributed by Viz. Like I said, it's written by Itaru Era. And it's based on the manga of the same name. Uh, and I don't know. I feel like I should just let Sinya summarize what happens in the movie. Are you okay <laughs> with that? Yeah. So the film covers, I think it's the first 17, what is it, like chapters or volumes of Diamond is Unbreakable, where we are introduced to the town of uh, Morio, and we learn about Josuke and his family dynamic with his, uh, I believe it's his uh, grandpa who's a police officer, as just weird stuff starts happening in the town we learn that he has a stand ability and it follows as more people are realized to have stand abilities as well and a bunch of stuff is just happening around the town and Jotaro and the friends that he makes are like hey this just weird stuff is happening what's this got to do with it and you eventually come in contact with Keisho and Okiasu who have this arrow that is giving people stand abilities for their own personal, uh, which we call it, like gains, and it basically just follows that. Cool, <laughs> And can uh, can you describe a stand for the uninitiated? For the uninitiated? Oh yes. Okay. So a person stand is essentially a symbolic 
uh, entity of their fighting spirit or of their will. So for instance, Josuke, our protagonist, his stand is Crazy Diamond and he has the ability to fix people because he's a very caring and nurturing person. Oh. Uh, that doesn't just extend to people though. He can just fix broken things, except for himself. <laughs> oh. I feel That's like that point. would be something I would have. <laughs> <laughs> I can see this. <laughs> Fix everything else, but not me. Um, <laughs> so, if you just kind of want to like just jump into talking about the movie overall, because I, I mean, I had very low expectations coming into it because I don't know how you adapt something that is so absurd and ridiculous and loud as the JoJo anime um, and the manga. And I thought it did pretty well. Uh, like, I don't know. I was kind of blown away by how good it was. Yes. I, I don't know if you all felt uh... the same. <laughs> I mean, uh, I watched... Oh, go ahead, Senya. Oh, no, you can go. It's fine. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, like, again, I haven't watched a lot of JoJo, but I did go ahead and I watched, like, the first episode, like, for the, for this character, for Josuke. And I felt like when we talk about like adaptation, I think we have to, we've said this enough times on this show is that an adaptation does not mean a reflection of the actual thing. Like yeah. if the if the adaptation mm-hmm. takes the core things from the source material and then you make a new story from it, or if you follow the same story, I think that's not adapta- adaptation. But I feel like the thing that a lot of people give us crap for when we talk about like yeah, we review live action. Like there's never been a good live action. It's like. Because y'all are so hell-bent on only looking at it as being a reflection of the anime yeah. and not looking at it as if it was an adapt if it was a good adaptation. So yeah. I think and using that for me, I like I think this did a good job. I think that this accomplished that. But sorry, Singy, you talk now. I was I'm not really sure what expectations I had for it because I love part four so much and I love Josuke and Okiyasu and Koichi and Jotaro that I, I don't know what I was expecting, but I was so pleasantly blown away about how, like, good it was. It really captured the, you know, the the balance between absurd and funny and serious and dark when it needed to, while still indulging in the of JoJo. Like, it never pretended that it wasn't JoJo, and I think that's what's so important, because, mm. uh, like I said, I... It's and like Kate said, it's hard to in, like envision a live action for JoJo because it's just it's colorful, it's bright, it's loud, it has so many like supernatural elements that I wasn't sure if CGI would be able to capture it. If it did, if it would be rendered well enough to like keep you in the movie and not just be like, oh, ew. Um, but it <laughs> did. I'm 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 so happy that it it. You can tell that the director and the writers like love JoJo, and I think that's all that matters. <laughs> and I think that, like, because one of the things that we found in watching live actions and talking about them is really that the way it shakes out is the more grounded the anime, usually the better the live action is because you're just adapting people. Um, and I think really the only other anime that probably maybe would be on the same was the the gintama movie that we watched yeah 
And that might be the closest to it, but like even then, I think I think Gintama is even more absurd than JoJo. Um, but I, so I don't know much about these characters. I haven't made it to part four yet. I was in part three, and I thought I thought part three was part four. No, it wasn't. There's so many episodes, <laughs> so many. Um, and I know when we got introduced to Josuke. The first thing that hit my, like, that came to mind was, like, oh, my God. His costuming looks really good. Like, mm -hmm. his hair, as weird and crazy as it was, it didn't, it it doesn't go in the bad wig pile. Like, it does not. It, it no, looked like it belonged was... on his head. Yeah, all of the hairstyling for all of the characters, especially for, like, Keicho with his, like, like k-pop boy like <laughs> top with like the bang just swooping down over his eye and the long braid and even like jotaro with his hats and how his right. hair is like combed into his hat in a way that you can't tell where the hat <laughs> is sitting but you know it's attached to his head uh very well done i was really worried about that because um the hair in jojo is as important as the costuming and they seem to really try very hard to make it work and seem natural within the universe they were creating. Mm -hmm. no, I definitely love the character designs too with the hair because I feel like we always like okay where's the terrible wig? Who's yep. going to have locks? <laughs> like a <Yeah>. locked wig. <laughs> <laughs> There's always a locked wig. Um, but it's just like they looked great and like for like we said like JoJo's Bizarre Adventures characters they are known to look you know much different from the background characters, but yeah. I, I like how it doesn't, it does it really good. They, they don't make it seem, like it still seems grounded, but they do it in a way, like I did really want him to still have his pink, his purple uniform though. But I love that Jotaro like hat was, he looked exactly like he does. Mm -hmm. He even had his double belts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, cause one's not enough. <laughs> no. Um, and I think, so as we kind of move through the movie, we look at the characters. I think overall, my favorite was definitely who was the K-pop guy? Oh, Keicho. Keicho. <laughs> Keicho was my favorite, mainly because his big flowy pants and his K-pop <laughs> hair reminded me of Taemin, uh, who was a part of the K-pop boy band Shiny, but has a amazing career just by himself. And if you know who Taemin is. If you don't know who it is, look up the picture of the live-action Keicho next to Taemin, and you will see what I'm talking about. I hope. Um, if not, I just have Taemin on the brain. But <laughs> uh, I think one of the astonishing things for me was how it felt natural, even when you had these characters with really weird hair, next like in a house with completely normal people. Like there was that element of like all of the main characters, like Okayasu, Keicho, um, Jotaro and Josuke, like they're existing and they look different from everyone around them, but yet they're still existing in the world. And it was like a layer to what the to what it was doing visually because it's kind of like oh if there's a crazy ass looking person everybody's gonna look at them funny but everybody just like acted like they were normal people which i don't know why that struck me as one of my favorite things about the movie mm -hmm. but it i don't know I, I i don't know why that hit me the way it did it's just like anime because that's what they do in anime that's i think that's fair. what i liked about it too it's just like 
for again, for example, like Dragon Ball Z, very rarely do people comment like that man can fly. It's just like everyone's okay with him being able to fly. Yep. But or like that dog can talk, and everyone's just like, nope, that's normal. This is completely normal for there to be a talking dog here who's an- anthropomorphic and everything. But uh, I think I, that's why I enjoyed that too. It was refreshing for it to not like them to stick out and for the other characters to just be, this is normal. Yeah. So like when we look at some of the changes from the source material to the live action, um, Senya, as a fan of JoJo, and as somebody who has read this arc, uh, what was it like for you seeing it? Like, how how big were the differences um, so far from adaptation to source? Uh, for the most part, there weren't super big changes. And I'm surprised they kept as much as they did in. Um, the only real big difference the live action took is with its introduction of the next arc which is the like small town murder mystery because overall that is what diamond is unbreakable is about it's so as you start to learn about stand users in the town you also start to realize that like people are going like girls are dying and are going missing and, but that's not something that's explored until after you get your, you know, your central characters established and you like figure out like stand users in this part. So seeing the aspects of that, especially at the ending, where obviously they're trying to get people excited to see a sequel and then see a, you know, a live action. Um, uh, I'm going to name drop real quick. <laughs> this isn't really a spoiler because like, as you read the story, you know who the serial killer is. His name is like Yoshikakira. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's just that the characters don't know him, but you are tuned into him and his life oh, and all gotcha. of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, which is why it's not really a spoiler so much as a, uh, just like a nod as to what's ahead. Yeah. And okay. it was, but it was really well done. I was really happy that uh, they kept like Keicho's weird looking stand. I'm really happy that they involved Okiyasu and Keicho's dad the way that they did. Oh, I... yeah. Because <laughs> in the in the manga and in the anime, it's gross. Yeah, it's really confusing, and it's just like, ah, oh, Araki. Why did you why did you write that? Why did you draw that? And they kept it and I was like, "Oh, okay." Like they went there. Same thing with Angelo and the rock scene. I was like, "Oh, they they didn't shy away from like what JoJo was." And I'm I don't know, I'm just really happy by that. That's really cool. And I think I mean, I I think the practical effects in this movie are kind are, are really good. And I want mm-hmm. to talk about that dad for a little bit because I did yeah. I I did not know I was gonna be so just like disturbed. Yeah, because the That's makeup like he looks like a toad monster that cried like a baby, and it was terrifying. Yeah, and the sound. Yeah. Oh, and I wish. Oh, you know, you was, go. I was gonna say like it was just like a credit to like the makeup department on that set, like. Holy crap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they really went for it. And they, like, I, I mean, I showed you pictures in the Discord yeah. of what he's supposed to look like. And yep. it, they really dedicated themselves. And, like, the actor who played the father 
really just did a great performance. I felt both mm. mortified and also such empathy for him. More so, it it was like it felt stronger in the live action than it did when I was reading the manga or even watching the anime because in 2D you don't really get that same feeling for like right. a character when you like see them like as like flesh 3D and I was just like oh god like it, it felt like worse seeing in live action and I was like man maybe I do care about their dad because I didn't previously <laughs> <laughs> wow no and I I can see that because I guess maybe it's just like it's so different seeing it with real people on the screen than like when we read things or when like even when it's animated like I'm just sometimes numb to like oh yeah I think somebody just chopped off someone's head in that anime I'm good but then it's like then you see it as a live action and I'm like nope this is bad I can't yeah. <laughs> yeah. um but I also I want to like okay I feel like we've also seen like whenever Takeshi Mikey does one of these movies he really he sticks to it I think yeah, like he, does. he doesn't I think he does a really good job of like costuming and making like he's not obviously not the one but I think he makes an effort to make things come to life from the yeah. source material because even like with Ace Attorney I just feel like based off of like the anime and the video game because like I, I love both of them very dearly and then when we watch the movie it's just like he was able to build this entire world and it feels like this is a great adaptation because he's stuck to just based off of what the anime does and then what the video game does. I think he's and he's done that with like other things. Like what he what was the other movie you said he did, Kate? Uh the, oh, I need to look them up. He also did what was that one that you hate with the cockroach guys? Terraformers? Oh yeah. He did that. Terraformers. One. I feel like I can't I'm I really don't want to hate this man. So I can't hold him against it. It's not his fault no, that they it's drew not him his like fault. that. It's not his fault. It's the uh, but it's no, his fault. Oh, actually this is the fourth movie we've done for him. He did Blade of the Immortal. Yeah. Blade of the Immortal. That was the one I was yeah, thinking so of. Yeah, oh, so uh, Yakuza Apocalypse, Blade of the Immortal, um, uh, Ace Attorney. Um, let's see. He did Dead or Alive Final. Oh, honey. Is it also, I think Itchy the Killer, was yeah, that one he did? He did. Yeah, oh, you oh, are you talking about his non-anime ones? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, no, he did Ichi the Killer, Audition. He recently did First Love, which just killed it on the festival circuit. I think it helps that this guy literally has these, like, critically acclaimed almost art house films, and then mm -hmm. anime nonsense, and then just nonsense nonsense. That I think he he's feels, well rounded. He's a well rounded man. Uh, I, I think it helps mm -hmm. him because he's not afraid to go there. And I think because he's Agreed. not afraid to go all the way, I think it's what lets him uh, go at anime harder than like what we've seen with some of some of the American adaptations we've seen, or even yeah. some of the other Japanese adaptations, like Full Metal Alchemist, which took out some of like the large, more crazier. Uh, elements or even bleach yeah. honestly true i would agree because i think like you're right i think his experience and just like the different projects he's done is what allows him to not be afraid to like he, I, he just does it like things feel grounded but then it also feels like he really brings the anime and the source material to life the way yeah. he does it 
need to meet this man. We need to have him on the show. So that's I my got, goal. That is one of my goals. <laughs> I got to hear uh, when he introduced First Love at Fantastic Fest, he was just like, I promise you, there is no, there are no decapitations within the first 10 minutes of the film. And the film actually <laughs> opens with the decapitation. It's, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I, I do think when I think of something that's just kind of a a little chaotic, extremely stylized, I do think of Takeshi Miki. So I think that Mm. like having him paired with Jojo was, was just really good. And and I think when we look at the way they chose to do the costuming and like, I just keep, I close my eyes and I see those green sausage fingers that the dad had that look so real and were terrifying and I didn't like, um, (laughs) But then I also think of uh, the way that, like, the practical really worked well with the CG, too, because I feel like we should talk about some of the stands and, like, the action sequences that that are there. Um, Because those stands, like, are very visibly CG, but not in a bad way. Right. Um, I thought they were handled really well, like the colors, I mean, and, and Cindy, you know, more, more of it, but when I, when I've seen stills from part four, the stands looked fairly similar to what was, what was on the screen. Yeah, I was very impressed, especially by, um, two instances. So Josuke's stand, uh, Crazy Diamond is the same exact color scheme that you see in the anime um when i read the manga i don't have the availability to read it in color so i'm not i don't remember if the colors are accurate in the manga as well when it compares to the anime because tavered productions takes a lot of um stylized liberties with switching Mm -hmm. color schemes during action sequences and stuff like that um and the same thing when it came to jotaro's stance uh star platinum because Jotaro has the ability to stop time. And so the fact that they introduced like those like freeze framing stills and everything was paused and you can like see the, um, the, the CG like color aura coming off of Josuke as well as Jotaro with like the little hints of Star Platinum before we're fully introdu- introduced to Star Platinum. It was very well done. And even though it's obviously CG, I just, I don't think that the way that they approached it could have been any anything else other than what they did. Because I, I like again, how do you how do you put into a three D live action show um, like the these embodiments of like fighting energy like into your movie? That was like I. Oh, what was it? Who stand the uh, Okiasu stand? looks really cool yeah the hand Mm -hmm. thing was really really interesting um and then i think my favorite stand that i saw or uh, my favorite that they that how they used it um is actually the one that probably uses the the most cg the water stand oh yeah oh yeah forget the name of that stand yeah, like I, y'all keep talking. I'll look it up. It's like this. Okay. It's, it's it's the main or the first bad guys stand, and it the scenes where it would go in people's bodies and make them drown from like the inside had no right mm-hmm. to look that disturbing and good. And then there's uh, Josuke puts him in a bottle, and you get a close up of the bottle, and when he shakes it, you can see water 
uh, like clear water and then you just see like the top half of a of of the stand and yeah. it's very visibly cd cg but it just looks really good like it's mm -hmm. interesting and it's fun and it doesn't need to be perfect because it just i don't know it stands out in like the best ways like it's just fun mm -hmm. yeah I noticed so I, with oops, oh, okay now you go <laughs> No, I was just gonna say I found the name. It's Aqua Necklace. Aqua Necklace. Okay. Uh, yeah, and just like the side by side comparison from the anime to the live action. Kate, you're right. It has no business looking that good and disturbing. Right. But it is so good and disturbing. Yeah, and like I think that's like what's so fun about JoJo is that everything in it is so strange and obscure and outlandish that you can't help but stare yeah mm -hmm. but like in a in a good way like it, it's kind of like weirdly beautiful because it's like um i noticed when they did the cg for crazy diamond and for star platinum that they tried very hard not to like show the faces of the stands mm -hmm. and i thought that was really mm. well done because one i think trying to animate their faces and trying to get them to look like the anime or the manga would just be very hard. Yeah. Um, the the line work that Araki does is uh, very, very different and stands apart from most other manga con because he's, um, instead of doing contours of people's faces with diagonal lines, it's usually like done on like the faces. So like a lot of the times there's a lot of um, vertical lines and uh, like vertical shading. Huh. that makes it like yeah if you want to look at a picture of like the way that he draws faces the contours of people's faces are like would be hard to emulate i feel like yeah and it would be hard to grasp that in like the cg so i'm i'm glad that they chose not to show their faces because i think it really allowed them to put like the extra detail the um the textures of the cgi are also very well done like it doesn't feel flat it feels very vibrant and alive and I thought that was very cool. Yeah, I, when I think about it, I think the other thing that I really liked about it, um, specifically on Aqua Necklace's uh, design, was I think, so I looked up a picture in the anime and he has like these eyes all over his body. Um, in the movie, there are two eyeballs like shoulder pads. And I didn't, like, I didn't notice them until the camera wanted me to notice them. And then it just looked real gross and real good. Um, and, mm. I'm, and I think he has the other ones, but I, I don't know. I, I really kind of want to go read JoJo now, just with how you were describing the way that he draws the faces and things. But then, like, I'm also scared because I'm like, oh, wow, is JoJo going to be that more disturbing and things? Oh, JoJo does not shy away from, like, the grotesque and the grossness. It's kind of like a, a mirror to, like, Junji Ito's work where, like, yeah. he indulges in the just like the visceral and the under the skin type of disturbing. Whereas Araki just things that are so visibly grotesque and gross like yeah. not because it's scary but because it's just it's just gross yeah and the mm -hmm. manga really um shoots all of that upwards whereas like the anime does contain it a bit more but i think a lot of that has to do with like 
television ratings and stuff like that. Oh, like you wouldn't be fair. able. And like when you do too intense fight sequences in anime, if the lighting is too bright, it gets dimmed and stuff like that. So Yeah, that makes but sense. But yeah, Jojo Jojo's insane. Like it it definitely goes hard. Part four is probably the tamest of all the Jojos, so it's not it's not like in part one where like you see the things Dio does to animals and you're like, oh, awful. Yeah. <laughs> that almost made me turn off the entire thing. Just saying. Un- understandable. <laughs> when I read the manga, I was so mad. Even though I watched the anime, it was like, I was like even more mad reading the manga. Mm. And I think that's something the movie captured well is like, it makes you love the characters you need to love and hate the characters you need to hate because, yeah. um, Araki does that well. He does character uh, development very well. He knows how to make good protagonists and good enemies that are interesting, that are well Mm. thought out, that have range. And the movie did that very well for Keicho. Although I do think, like, the uh, how they handled showing his his reasoning for why he's doing what he's doing was a little on the weaker end. So I, I'm, I would assume they were just running out of time to shove everything they were in. Yeah. But um, it's a lot more fleshed yeah. out in the anime and the manga. But at, at least okay. the movie tried to, you know, do it, you know? Mm-hmm. So what was everybody's favorite part in the movie? <laughs> uh, can I go first? Yeah, you can go yeah. first. Okay, so my favorite part, I have two, because I, I think they're both very um, exciting. So mm-hmm. when Josuke is in, like, the school courtyard, and all of a sudden you hear these, like, ticking noises, and, and then everything stops, and I'm like, oh my god, I know he's coming, because I, I know that that's, like, an aspect of Dodoro's <laughs> stand. And then when we get to pan and see, like, Jotaro and his stand and like his ridiculous hair like combed up on top of his hat with his two belts and his like long white coat with like uh all of his costuming I was like oh my god like that's awesome because Jotaro is one of my favorite characters alongside Josuke I was just so happy to see it like it brought so much joy to me and then my other favorite part was actually like um when the ending credits were rolling and we got to see like the nail clippings, the hand in the bag, and all of the um, very obvious ties to uh, future sequel, hopefully, and like the uh, connections to Yoshikage Kira, the main villain of yeah. part four. I was like, wow, like they went in, and that was really exciting to see. Nisha? Yes. Um, so, <laughs> in true Nisha fashion, I love Jotaro now, and I have to continue <laughs> watching because I need to find out where this tall, broad man comes from. <laughs> but, but I absolutely loved his and like um, him and Josuke's fight, like the fir- their first time meeting and that interaction, mm-hmm. and like that, like with their stands and everything. I was just like, this is so much. This is like so interesting. And like, ooh, there's drama, intention, and I like this. Uh, so I think that was my favorite part. It's just like because. I had just I didn't know there was gonna be like another JoJo and like again I I know nothing about like the JoJo lineage so then like finding out that um, Josuke's is the product of Jotaro's I guess grandfather. Yeah, you have any grandfather's there? Yeah. 
like, well, drama, I'm in. Talk drama and talk <laughs> Robin, I'm in. But then also they're in. I'm, I'm curious to see how more of their. I want to see more of their chemistry. Um, you get to experience in the anime. so much of it in the anime and right. in the manga, and it's it's very fleshed out. Araki really loves Jotaro, so a lot of characters don't ever see overlap into you know other mm. seasons or other parts. But Jotaro remains a constant for nice. part three on for a while. And uh, if you are interested in that tall, angry man, you should definitely keep <laughs> on watching. I love that. I love that scene where um, the schoolgirls are talking about like bothering Josuke and like fixing his hair for him, and Jotaro. Just say, just leave like you're really pissing me off because he's just a mini head <laughs> as soon as i'm like i'm I, I like this character i will continue watching for this character um <laughs> i i am tra- i am trash so <laughs> kate what about you so i think that there were so many real there were so many good action moments and I, I think the fight between Okiasu and Josuke is one of my favorites, but I think like my favorite small moment, and it's just because of how gross it looked. Um, and actually, the shot reminded me of Jinji Ito. Um, it is when Josuke is trying to save Okiasu, who's getting shot by all of these shots from Keicho's stand. And he puts his hand out, and it gets filled with holes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it looks disgusting and awful. And I'm just like, oh my god, whoa. And then that's also replicated on Okiasu's face. And it's one of those moments where I was like, it, it, it was a super small detail of makeup being like, I'm sure that doesn't take long, but it was what kind of like really dialed me in. And this isn't the last act, but it was one of those things that really made me appreciate all of the small things that have been, that had been done throughout the entire film from the costume and makeup department. And then you also just have the moment where you realize that, like, because Josie is a dick when he first comes into the movie, and then at the end of the movie, he's just like, this really caring, I'm not going to let you die, man. And he chooses to heal Okiasu, and I'm just like, this is so good. Um, Mm -hmm. So that, Mm -hmm. that, for me, was probably my favorite moment from a makeup perspective but also from like a character perspective with with Josuke literally saving the guy who was just trying to kill him and whose brother is Mm. still trying to kill him yeah he don't think he feels (laughs) (laughs) um is there anything else Nisha do you think we missed anything um let's see uh, no, I think that's kind of it. We kind of touched on like characters, the story, design, the art. I am curious to think like had had. I guess again, you're the JoJo expert here. Um, has there ever has there been any news about a sequel coming out? Because I I kind I want to see it. I really want to see more okay. of it after this. So I I actually looked into it after we after we watched the movie. Because I was like, oh, it's been two years, like, since the movie came out in Japan, and it just released here, you know, like, from Viz through their Western platforms, so, like, people can buy it and people can, like, stream it. 
So I was like, are they testing the waters here in America to see the interest in it? Because like JoJo's big now, part five. Yeah. Just wrapped up and like yeah. part five, the English dub also just wrapped up. So I was I was very curious because I was like, what happened? Like, why don't we know if there's another movie, especially when like they so clearly set it up. And then I saw that at the festival it released at, it won like the the like people's choice award for that festival. And then when yeah. it released on the Japanese um movie market that it I think it was like number five it's opening weekend which is really good you know especially for um yeah uh, something as strange and as peculiar as Jojo I wouldn't you know even though it's big in Japan I wasn't sure if like a live action movie would really hit the mainstream the way you would think it would um but then it's second opening week it went to 11 and it it, like the wikipedia page just says it left like the rooms for a sequel like in a very shaky spot yeah and that's Mm -hmm. like all that we know about it and it's really it's really interesting because the more i think about it and like talking about it like you guys are very well versed in anime and especially like live action anime adaptations that i wonder if it was and like with it so closely attached to and so um like in love with the source material and it's evident that like they didn't shy away from like making it weird i wonder if that was just really off-putting to a general audience yeah where mm. they go when they don't know these characters they don't know like the history of jojo they don't understand the importance of jotaro being there you know um, right. and maybe i don't know if the sequel will happen because i just don't know if Jojo is mainstream enough to garner that kind of attention because even though the movie was very good and it was very well made as a fan I'm so pleased with it that I I think it's hard for me to get into the shoes of like just a regular person and be like oh is that good for them Mm. yeah yeah that makes sense oh I guess I did have this one question I wanted to ask y'all opinion about this because again I started Jojo from the beginning like the first very beginning with Jonathan Joestar. Is that him? Mm-hmm. Jonathan Joseph? Yes. Okay, I know this yeah. is <laughs> um, I started with him and I was kind of curious, like, why not start from the beginning? Is it just that di- Unbreakable Diamond or di- Diamond is Unbreakable? Is that is this the most popular one or well-received one by fans? Or I was just curious, why not start from the beginning of the JoJo family? Yeah, I think that Josuke is like probably one of the most likable protagonists um mm-hmm. a lot of them all kind of are either young adults or what you call it like teenagers but jo- josuke and okiasu and koichi are in an arc that is the most grounded okay ah. and is is very confined so it's it's very small town murder mystery overall so adapting Diamond is Unbreakable is a lot easier than trying to adapt like Jotaro and his trek through Egypt to fight Dio or even like part five with Giorno where they're in Italy fighting like mobsters every other week that are also stand users, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I think they chose that just because, you know, at the time Diamond is Unbreakable was, you know, starting to get a lot of really big um criti- uh not criticism like praise people really yeah. liked it people were starting to realize jojo was starting to become like a household name but i think at the time like two years ago i still think jojo is still a little too um 
underground where it's fan base insane it's rabid they're intense but outside of yeah. that bubble people don't enter it you know yeah mm-hmm. that makes sense yes. that, that makes a lot of sense and i think that that i think that definitely ties into what you were talking about previously about you know how do you how do you balance something that is this weird and crazy to appease a fan and how do you also pull in a general audience because I also don't really know and and I feel like I've kind of hit this point with live actions where I don't know if I'm already in the like oh it's anime anime is crazy make this live action really crazy um Mm. but it's also weird too because I feel like whenever you're adapting something you have to make the conscious choice of I'm gonna make this to get more people but I'm going to actively possibly alienate the people who love the product to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, so balancing that and finding a balance is really interesting. And it, it it doesn't sound like JoJo did just from the from the from the Wikipedia and the information around it. But I think knowing Sinia having you kind of break down that it kind of makes the most sense to start with this one or to adapt this at least because uh-huh. of how grounded it is. It makes mm-hmm. me think that at least maybe that was their their attempt. Like maybe mm-hmm. just the attempt of starting with this and not finger vampires was the attempt of making it more palatable. Mm-hmm. For people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's like Jojo is so strange. Like, cause Araki as a manga con, he's he's had Jojo collab with like Gucci. Like his his art for mm. Jojo has been in the Louvre. Like what? He, what? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What? I want to see this. Oh, I looked it up. Holy shit. Mm Mm-hmm. It's it's a really JoJo remain in a, what's the word, anomaly, where it's like, it's so big. And at the same time, it's it's not. And it's because it's like big with the people it resonates with or who Mm -hmm. love it and its absurdity. But to a general audience, it's like, how do I explain this high fashion, uh, stylized, insane, weird, action-packed, but also Mm. intensely characterized thing to the masses? Right. Wow. I'm just... That was amazing. I am shooketh. (laughs) (laughs) like how many how many manga artists can say can we say or have had their art in a loop like that's or like had a um, collab with gucci like that those are that's that's jojo in the background of a gucci store right Mm -hmm. yeah i mean the uh Rohan and Jolene, Abaccio and uh, Bruno. Wow. He even did like a little manga um, like collab with Gucci alongside selling their like products. It's called Jolene Flyha, and Jolene is the protagonist of part six and she's wow. Jotaro's daughter. Yeah, that's what I mean is like when, when talk, especially when it comes to talking to this movie, it's so strange that a sequel hasn't announced when like yeah. JoJo is obviously it's big but it's just big with the people who like it is it's just it's a weird sphere to exist in and i always feel um 
so I don't know what the it's not like sad I always feel this like sense of like oh you guys like people would love Jojo if they just tried you know what I mean because there's so much there's so much to it wow I feel like that's that's a good a good place to end because who um, I guess any final thoughts? What else is there to say? Yeah, I don't, I don't think I don't I don't think I can top that. I, I think I think yeah, I'm just looking. I'm looking at these pictures. Holy crap! I, right, because it's like it's not uncommon collab with clothing now. Like speaking of like Naruto collabing with Coach, but like I just feel like this is like on a different entire level completely. Like an entire yeah. this is a different level for jo- Jojo is like up there. And the loop. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's, the loop. It's so fun. Damn. So fun. But it's also funny because it's like JoJo, I guess when you when we talk about like why didn't they start at part one, why did they start at part five? It's cause like the expression of style of um, you know, more fashion, like less shonen type of body structures um at with your protagonists is so evident the most and clearly in part four it's like josuke doesn't like i mean yeah he's he's beefy but he's not like uh like jonathan or joseph they're not big brooding tall men like they're just high schoolers you know so right i don't know everyone should just watch jojo (laughs) yeah Um, Sinya, for everybody listening, I guess, where can they find you on the internet? And the internet, and eh. you can cut that out. You could follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at Sinya Reads. My name is spelled C I D N Y A. And then Reads, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, and you can find Did You Have To at D O H T underscore pod on Twitter, and you can find me at OmanMithRandier on Twitter as well. Nietzsche? And you can also find me on Twitter at LA underscore NEY underscore SHA. Oh, and as a reminder, uh, we announced it in our previous episode, uh, Manga Book Club. It is happening, and we will be reading Spy X Family. I'm saying the X because, so y'all can look for it. But just another reminder, I feel like I'm going to keep reminding people until we have our anime episode where we discuss the manga. So our first manga book club episode will be coming up before you know it. So go ahead and check out Spy X Family. You can read it through Viz Media or the Shonen Jump app. Um, But yeah, with that, will you guys go watch JoJo after this? Mm-hmm. Uh, just watch it I swear <laughs> yes okay we have a Jojo fan telling y'all to go watch it so go watch it will Kate and I become Jojo stands after this and can I afford a Jojo Gucci dress find out next time <laughs> <No>. on this <laughs> no one can Bye. afford